Are you ready for your punishment, slave? I sometimes scream out, no. When really, I mean, yes. Yes, yes! And this is why we have the safe word. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. She's not a Christian! Well, uh, here we are on a sunny afternoon here in uh, California, Hollywood. Is this West Hollywood or North Hollywood? This is straight Hollywood, son. This is straight Hollywood. We are uh, at Sam Tripoli's house here. Thank you. In the in the Shire, it's kind of a bit of a labyrinth to get to your front door. It is. It's it's private yet not that private at all. It's a really weird thing. It's a gated community, which everybody in the world seems to know how to get through the gate. Your name came up twice before I met you, and one tool, uh, was Russell Peters. Yes. And uh, Derek Harvey. Two. I have heard your name since I started doing comedy. Well, let me just change that. Since I when I moved out to Los Angeles, am I too loud? Yeah. When I moved out to L.A., I heard about your name. I heard I heard your name. Uh huh. And then people were always like, "We should all work together." Yeah. And, and we did, and we have, and uh, we continue to. And where did we meet? Uh, Candor. Can oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was Which it. Which was a ton of fun. That was great. Free booze and uh, some scratch and uh, and a gig. I tried to go back and find that stage after that whole group had left yeah. and somebody else moved in. They just had destroyed the stage. Eh? Uh, that was a perfect. Per little per studio. Yeah, and, and, and there was not a bad seat in the house. So it was so good that people were sitting on the stage. Oh, they had to write a letter of apology on my behalf because they called some girl fat. They shouldn't be in comedy, and that's maybe why yeah. they're no longer there. You I think that's yeah, the proof's in the pudding, I guess. You know, I was recording some last night for... Do you have people that want to apologize on your behalf? I don't think that's right. I won't. I just... No, but they, are, they'll write, oh, we sent a letter to them as an apology and said that you said it. And I go, well, uh, why, why am I sorry? I didn't do anything wrong. The one thing you can't do is ever apologize. Once you apologize, you're just dead in the water. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but the people who beg for forgiveness never come back the same. This, this country constantly moves on. This culture constantly moves on. It's never, they won't stay on one thing too long. Yes. Except for the Holocaust. That e seems to be the only thing. Easily distracted, especially yes. North American culture in general. It, it's like geared around the mechanics of television and how it moves, you know, people's, how they would look at entertainment. So there will be an incident. It will be all over the news. And the next two days later, it will be gone. But it's still going on. Oh, yeah. People act like it's been solved. Yeah. Like the problem is no longer there. No, it's still there. I think news stories are interjected to news to distract people from other things. One, oh, 100%. All these, these tabloid things. With You'll be watching some horrific news show, and then they'll interject with a Miley Cyrus story. I feel and like it, the news has never recovered from 9-11. When people <laughs> needed them the most yeah. to question everything. Yeah, they dropped the ball. They completely dropped, and they've never been able to get that trust back ever. Everyone yeah. was just like... Ah, uh, fuck it. We'll go to the internet. Yeah. There's plenty of websites and pages that are more strategic and uh, and refined. Well, that's why Vice is killing it. Dude, Vice is killing everybody. It's like they've they've kind of retooled the whole entertainment platform with real cool shit. Yeah, enjoy and it. It, till and it, it doesn't cost a fortune. No, it doesn't. It's, it's all just, you gorilla shit. You, you can't go after sexy. No. You can't cater to sexy. You got to go after truth. That the crux of that that whole movement is on a story it's all about the story and they know that if they throw any bubblegummy shit in there 
audience is going to turn off because they, they've come specifically for a good story. I completely 100% agree. And with the it. stories are outrageous. Some of the things that they do, like li- like life threatening uh, investigations, you know, crazy shit. We were watching some some news yesterday, and they were in the middle of telling story. Oh, two two funny stories about that. They were doing something about the um, NSA. They were discussing the NSA on MSNBC. And they stopped that... What, for our listeners at home that don't know what NSA is. The NSA is the National Security Agency of the, of the U.S. government, which has gotten in a lot of trouble because this Eric Snowden released all these documents that said that they were overreaching oh, no their doubt. surveillance. They were surveying Americans, which mo- most people wouldn't care about, meaning the politicians. But then the politicians found out that they were being monitored too. And, you know, they're all shady. So then they freaked out. So now there's a big movement. But they keep trying to suppress it. It's very funny. Um, but they were they were discussing that. They broke from that to do a story about Justin Bieber getting <sighs> arrested. Uh, it's insane. It's really, really insane. I, I I don't know how can you have a, an operation like a news uh, station on that level. People must get hired and fired all the time from the ca- behind the cameras because the talking heads they've got them wired so they just there to do a specific thing and not really have any emotional attachment to what None. they're saying. They're just meant to scream. There, there must be people on set, camera staff or whatever, going, "What the fuck is going on? I got a real family and, and like I'm a relatively normal person." And I and, and I'm I mean this is going I'm shooting I'm part of the problem yeah you know what I mean well, the problem is is that they made the, they should have made television the hour of TV that is dedicated to news like that was kind of the agreement it was supposed to be like you will get these channels for free or the government will give you these channels for free but you have to dedicate X number of hours on that channel to news to yeah, inf- education to yeah. But where they messed up was they didn't say that you that has to be commercial free. Yes, that's where they should have changed it. Yes, so there's no there's no the sponsors aren't leaning on the network to steer storylines and and products. You know well, what I mean? They're all pushers. that big farm, all that big pharmaceutical commercials. Have you ever bought any kind of legalized drugs off a commercial you saw? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever bought a, any drug off a? I'm from Canada. We don't have really drug commercials. Well, that's all they're here, dude. That's yeah, all they yeah. are. Every other commercial it's, is it's a, horrific. a pill that will save everything. But I, I generally don't even think that's about really that advertisement. I think that's about these big pharmaceutical companies owning the message. So yeah. they buy enough of these ads, meaning most of them, that at some point if you run a story they don't like, they'll threaten to pull all their oh, advertising sure. money. Billions. That's why you when know. someone dies on Oxycontin or something like that, it's... They, that doesn't come out to way no. later. That is nasty. I think everybody knows somebody that's died of Oxycontin. Yeah. I mean, like, in L.A. especially, people just <sighs> left and right died, What a too. dirty, dirty, dirty one. That one that one gets you deep real fast. Yeah, the hillbilly heroin. Oh, man. It's just too good to be true. And then people who are not experienced in any kind of substance abuse with alcohol or whatever, and then they get given this thing out of the gate... You know what I mean? It's so overwhelming for them. And if they have any repressed addictions or anything like that, it just goes boom. You know, I had a buddy of mine. He owned a uh, um, a motorcycle dealership, Porsche, beautiful home, wife, kid, the whole thing. 
and it was all gone maybe within the year. Oh. Every, his wife had left him, car, everything gone, lost his job. Just think of all the all the arguments against marijuana oh, and how dumb they are. Anybody who has any, they just you don't have to even smoke it. Just come and spend a, a week or two in Los Angeles and just be around. It's fucking, everyone's relaxed. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of nervous energy because you got a lot of insecure people here. But if they if they weren't getting high, it would be a fucking squirrel cage down oh, here. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, but just think of the arguments that you hear from the talking heads on why you should not legalize it's marijuana. Retarded. But yet, with a prescription, you can get Oxycontins. I mean, people bring up li- liquor. Forget even liquor. Yeah. You can get Oxycontins. Synthetic from heroin. somebody of some sort of legal stature. Yep. It's legal. And I've heard people, some people will get prescriptions from two different doctors. Because yeah. a friend of mine script was doing chasers. that with... Aren't uh, they called script changers? He would say he would get a, pr- a prescription filled and then go to another doctor and get the same prescription filled. Florida, it's horrible, And then sell dude. half of them and then chew the rest. There's something about like there's a, some sort of system that most cities and states have... Where all the pharmacies are intertwined, so they'll know if you get a uh, prescription here, yes. you go get. It but you got dodgy, you know, shady doctors and stuff. Right, they're, right. they're drug dealers, right? So why Florida? Well, they don't have that. Just because they're in a lab coat doesn't mean they're not a scumbag. Yep. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people. What a great under the table cash grab by having a half a dozen people addicted to your pills and you're hooking them up knowingly. Destroying them, you know? unbelievable. It is. Uh, it's. It's rude. It's just crazy. It just lets you know. I, and I've had friends be like, "I'd smoke weed if it was legal." Why do you need somebody telling you? Yeah, it's retarded. What you should or should not be doing. But were you ever like a, a big pot smoker? Like, no. I never got really into weed ever. No, I only up until recently. But uh, I lived in Vancouver for three years. That was, you know, it's like. If I functioned well on it, I would probably smoke weed. I just. I like eating it. The way I operate, just my brain cannot move straight. Yeah, you have a busy mind. I, you, you have to be occupied. The minute that you're lethargic, you start to get a little squirrely. Yeah. Like, I can't uh, function within this, this cloud over my head because I got to fucking try and focus on the 10 other things I got going on at the same time. <laughs> trying to survive, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Trying to stay above water. That's all you got to do. Got to have a million things, you know, million irons yeah. in the fire or else you're going to go crazy. In this city, you know... 20 years ago it was you just did stand up yeah and did it well now you've got to have your hand in all these other pots and i feel like a 15 year old girl with the social media and you know the this updates and and the, the this is going to be done like this and this uh, and it is a, a good platform but at the same time the amount of time that i've spent and you just don't know who's going to get a following who's not yeah. you don't know why it's Wild West. Who is this? Why does this chick have a million fucking followers? <laughs> I know. I see. It's retarded. I, I like because I, I like posting stuff on my Instagram. And uh, when I travel, it's kind of do like a little uh, video blog or a photo blog. And then uh, some girl will uh, add me or I'll stumble across her profile. And she's got like 20,000 followers. And and I'm looking through, and she does nothing. Take pictures of her fucking shoes. Yeah. Attractive. You know what I mean? There's something about a woman. The amount of followers a woman does should be divided yeah, by like at dog least ears. one or two. Dog ears or something. 100%. Because half of them yeah. are just want to beat off to those pictures. It's sex appeal. Obviously, that that's going to trump a lot of talent when the girl's so fuckable. 
and uh, and gorgeous. Plus, the people create fantasies around it. You know, I see some people the comments, and they think they're in these relationships with these girls, and they don't even live in the same country. And the guy's sixty, well, not sixty, but you know, she's uh, obviously a teenager, and these guys are old, <laughs> fucking weirdos. And they're just oh, you're gorgeous, like, and they just have all this this petting, all this thing, how attractive they are, and it's just like what a warped. I think some thing. Women, at some point, women realize they didn't need a pimp, and they just start doing it for themselves, and then they're making yeah. bank. Pussy Incorporated, buddy. You know, and the, you know, and they're almost like the hooters of like yeah. of like social media in the sense that yeah. they they're selling sex, but they're they're conservative yeah. in their brain of how they're doing it. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? They have a very strict regimen of how they present it. It's like Christian strip bar shit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like you're going there for tatas, but she's so covered up. So in your weird head, it's not sinful. You know, it's like these girls, they whore themselves, but they're not porn stars. Yet they hate porn stars. Well, social media is so much a part of everybody's life, regardless. Because, you know, people in show business, now everybody's got their own lifestyle magazine. What, what's your favorite, like, social media to work off of? One that you can... I love Twitter. You love Twitter. That's probably my least... Why would you like Facebook? <laughs> uh, you like Instagram? No, I like visual stuff. You know, so like I, I like, like Instagram. I like it because uh, I think it's I get to look at where I've been in a, in a kind like of a, a little uh, um, uh, chronological scrolling letter. I don't know why I'm moving my hand when we're holding microphones here. But That's you know, all right. You did it for uh, me. I like I like I like those because. You can follow me, but I don't have to follow you, or vice versa. Sure, yeah. Which choice. was always the fatal flaw of Facebook and MySpace. Yeah. Which, you know, I have just, my timeline is just polluted with baby pictures of people I don't even know who their parents are. <laughs> oh, I said, but the setting's different. No one can post shit. They can comment on my stuff, but no one can post. I cleaned house. I'm just like, this is fucking, this I'm is I'm about to go through nonsense. just get rid of all comedians, and not because I don't like them. Like, obviously, friends like you, I would keep, sure. but, you know. circle. Just, yeah, because I can't media- take being invited to open mics. You've taken some, <laughs> this beautiful tool and just destroyed it with your diarrhea. Yeah, it's, it is an act of desperation. But uh, when you when you're in a position where you've got a way to reach people and you've got nothing but fucking a twinkle in your eye, people are just dumping so much dog shit into it, and yeah. there's they don't really see. I, the pull, I, I go, dude, what are you doing with these 19 invites to an open mic? Yeah, dude, you're. I go, I've been in the game for a while. You're ruining it. You're gonna you're gonna dilute your product. Don't invite people to open mics, man. Why are you gonna do that? You want them to come see you when you you, you got yeah. some skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people that bring a bunch of their friends to the shows, and I see a, a third of the audience applauding uh, aggressively <sighs> before they've even said anything, just because they heard their best friend's name. And ninety nine percent of the time, they're fucking horrendous, and their friends are like, "Yeah, go, Marjorie," and you're just like, "What? You're creating a, a delusions of grandeur here. This is not helping the scene at all." Have you had to learn any rules to social media? Have I had to learn any rules? Have like I- I've learned that you can't lay into idiots. You have to let it. them go. I just that re- was very hard for me because they're ve- they could be very vicious. Oh, they're consuming. They're bullshit. It's dead end. It's a right. road to nowhere. You're, you're, it's. But I treat them like heckle, hecklers. Where like, okay, I got to deal with this sure. guy. Is a is a writing exercise? I would say for sure. But if you're taking it personally and you're generally, it's con- taking up a part of your day, then you're you you're retarded. There's no po- there's no end in that. You know, it's like responding to bathroom graffiti. No, you I know, agree with that. It's I, 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 it took me a while to do that. But you, I, I like it. You get worked up and you get a little manic on the fuck. Well, you know what. 
No, fuck you, yeah. Bebo seventy three four. It's yeah. like Sam. It's fucking Bebo seventy three four. You're never gonna meet this person. No, I will destroy him. First of all, it's a fifteen year old girl from Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. and you you've got death threats on her now. Yeah, and, and, and the <laughs> logic. Well, just when there's so much, Ill, like I'll retweet some hate mail. I because I think it's hilarious. You know those people because of your disposition that love you. Because they know that they can wind you up in a fucking drop of oh, a yeah. hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I, I listened to your show on Playboy, uh, the, the the Naughty Show. And Thank, it's on Playboy thank Radio. You. I've been down there a couple times. And uh, it's always cool. you got a great crew of people down there. It's nice to see the mechanics of the shows come together over the last couple of years. And, oh, thank uh, you. And... Um, Fuck, I, I forgot my point. Uh, that, you know, maybe people... I, I get let people get to me, maybe? Yeah. And it's funny for me. Well, it is fun. I I I learned <laughs> a lot don't let to let it ruin go. Your life. That at first I kind of like really like. Well, you put your heart into what you do. That's yeah. why you get a little fucked off because you you've you've poured your life into it. And people have no fucking idea on the sacrifice and and the grind that it. Especially in this fucking city of all war places, this is the Bermuda Triangle of fucking retards. And trying to bring any ideas to light is like. It's like you know you're the only healthy person in the Special Olympics. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you feel like you feel like you're you an alien in a way. I've had a had to kind of readjust myself on how I communicate with people because uh, I'm really much of, uh, I say what I mean kind yeah. of person, and uh, people do not know how to say no. They always like to keep their options open. Yeah. So that they got. But they don't want to come back and hurt yeah, them. Yes. Yeah. So they, hey, dude, I want you to represent me. No. So you blow up. Then you just like, oh man. Yeah, I burned that he bridge. Hates me. No, yeah. I appreciate the audience. I can say I can take it, man. Yeah, I, I love honesty. When people are like, I can't do anything for you. I'm like, thank you, dude. Yeah. That's some honest shit. I really do appreciate that. There's nothing worse than getting caught up in these roads to nowhere, and uh, it, it's unfortunate. I've had run into it a couple times where I've kind of misread people and uh, found myself in a weird situation where I was like, am I fucking retarded? Like, am I not communicating my uh, ideas? Because this is, this is insane. The, the other end of it is retarded. Yeah, comedy is such an interesting thing. You know, comedy is such an interesting... The way who, who does what, who does everything, it could drive you crazy. Because there's no real rules. There's no A to B to no. C to D. It's like A to number four. We don't have an insurance to, package. or it, we're, a, we're comedians like an adrift, on a raft in show business. Now let me ask you, since you've been out here for a while, has your perception of Los Angeles and the comedy scene changed at all? Yeah, I think there's a lot of weak people right. in there's general. Lot, com comedians and personalities. A lot of weak Weak people. In terms of skill and uh, and uh, values, I would go with values for sure. I think there's a lot of really good comics, far and few between. That there's so much there's so much below average, and then you'll see some people. And but I already know who those guys are anyway. I I've, I've, I haven't been surprised really by anybody. That, right, I, so, that oh, I haven't known. Oh, interesting. There was a time when I moved to LA. Every week, a new gunslinger came to town and just crushed. And you're like, "Who is this dude?" Now you got to up your game. Yeah, that's. That, I wonder. If, you know, that's the thing coming from the London or the uh, UK comedy scene to Los Angeles is like. Pff, I watch, and I use the I use the comparison because I do think it is the best place, it's the best city in the world for comedy is London, and uh, so I got to work with a lot of fucking professional original you know 
killers from all over the globe, very international show. You're on a bill with, and everybody's a headliner, but you're only doing 20, 30 minutes at a time. But you, this guy could have fucking 10 TV shows in front of you and he's a, you know, a legend and you're an unknown, but it's anybody's name. They don't have the judgmentalness of like, like some of the clubs here, most of the clubs here in Hollywood, they do a check on you. Where do I know him from? Have I seen him on TV? Yes. What? What? How much am I going to invest in this person? That is by the how biggest problem. Is? Where in the UK? That's how it, the comedy stores change. You could have a, a guy that's a hit on a hit TV show mm -hmm. and a nobody who's got proper skills, and the audience embrace them as one. You know what I mean? I do find that is an issue, man. And, here, and they coddle the weak out here. Uh, but because they have other assets, like uh, maybe they're attractive. And mediocre uh, as a talent, but they think they maybe get a job as a host, just because. Oh yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You know, TV credits rule. When God. there's nine thousand television channels, it just gets really crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like so interesting. When I moved here, you know, it was very hard to break in. There wasn't a lot of channels, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of channels giving young comedians opportunities. And the, and the generation before us. Wasn't ready to give up, uh, you know, give it up and let the new generation in. So they were holding on. So nobody was moving anywhere. And, you know, and that happened in Canada, too. There was a lot of purgatory for a lot of guys who didn't make the jump to the U.S. That's why a lot of Canadians had to move to England because they weren't really eligible for anything. And England was calling, you know, they were the peep guys. Were I'd love back. to go to England and gig. I just you, feel you, like I look at the dumbest. They'd be like, look at dumb American. No. No, it's not. You, if you if you uh, separated yourself by acknowledging that on stage, then they're going okay. Then it's us against you. But if you said, you know what, yeah, it's fucking cool to be here. You guys are great. They're like, I do they, love the British too. Oh man, I love everything about the British. I love it when they come to comedy clubs in North America and they're asked to buy a two drink minimum. They laugh. They're half pissed on the way in the club. Oh, 100%. Two drinks at a comedy show. I've seen them the trays of booze. Liquored, laughing. I see people throwing up, hammered, you know, just having a fucking blast. What about uh, Australia? They're not allowed to charge two drinks. Oh, really? I, I haven't been. But you I, been I, to I've Australia? Heard. It's a great. I, I went back there a couple of years. I'd love to go back. I've heard very good things about uh, Auckland and New Zealand uh, comedy festival and Melbourne festival. I need to get more active in those. Yeah, but you got a lot on your plate here. It's probably hard for you to leave and relax. I've. Can I tell you, I've never been on a vacation in my life. I went once. I've never had a seven days off to then, do nothing. Then the best, the thing that I like, I've only taken a vacation to kind of save a relationship that I was in, but uh, that all went in the shitter. But um, I find that when I get a chance to go to like South Africa or, you know, uh, um, a comedy festival in a foreign country, they put you up in a nice hotel. You're doing what you're making. You got money coming in. You're with some of your friends and you're meeting some new people. It tends to be a bit of more of a vacation because you got on a flight, sunny out, and the theater's full, and there's none of the pressures on you. You know, as long as you bring your A game, and then you have a bit of a holiday, you go off during the day, or you get a couple of days off during the festival, go fucking canoeing by yourself. Or, I love it. Yeah, that, I love I, it. That that is, helps a lot. Traveling, I, doing the road is interesting for me because I've never wanted to be a road dog. A lot of people love the road dog. I dig it. I dig it. I do, and I but don't at the same time. If I can play the right rooms, I enjoy that. And I've created a little market for myself where I can go and maybe start doing these. That's really the the whole goal has always been just to do my own nights. Yeah. To make a couple G, one G, two G in one night, 
doing a, a, yeah, you a want, rock club. You want to do? You want to be the Russell Simmons of stand-up comedy? Yeah, I've been called the Vince McMahon of stand-up comedy. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I put on these huge events. Yeah, you, I overthink you, 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 everything. You don't do shows, Sam. You do spectacles. And that's what I love to do. You do spectacles. You bring in okay. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Let's tie it all together and see what happens. I and love it, it, and it's fucking great. I love I, debauchery. I expected to be more of that consistently. I didn't expect that you were the only one because realistically, you're the only one that are doing these kind of uh, events in in the city. And uh, it, this Hollywood's so progressive and different, but there's nobody wants to go and and take it risks. They're very safe. I, I, I think it's, it's full you know. Here's the thing about Hollywood, about anywhere. When you get first, can I? We we love it here, though. First, I know we're taking a lot of the piss out of. Oh, the, I love LA. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, I I could have moved a thousand times. Yeah, I just I love everything here. My life is here, you know. It is my a bitches weird. are here. My fucking uh, <laughs> my, the you know the comedy stores as crazy as that is, like it's just a a, a fucking insane asylum. Yeah, and I Free love range. the chaos of it. Yeah, I love. I I think we're both fans of chaos. I love chaos. I love, I love when I love, things are completely out of hand. Which is mental. what is the opposite of this town. Yeah. Which is it's whatever chaos soft. is, they want the exact opposite, which is extremely sterile environments in which the vibe of the room is a doctor's office. Well, I think the Sunset Strip is is, a, is like an artery for what's going on in this city as far as how much buzz is going on. And in 2001, when I come out here... There was traffic on every weekend. People stumbling around the city. It was fucking Mardi Gras. Do you know what happened? No. When the uh, I was horrified, and I even went down to Melrose. I was like, "Where is everybody?" Well, I'll tell you what happened. Melrose never recovered from 9/11. I think it, it's a true story. That place used to be like this parade of these eclectic yeah, characters. Weirdos, yeah, it was so. I would I lived down the block. I would just yeah. go grab coffee, and for about three hours, I would just watch the parade go by. And then nine eleven happened, and it never recovered. Never. It's never been back like that. I don't know where it went. That's so odd. Now sunset went nuts when the Lakers went on this big run with the Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, and they won all these these championships in the early 2000s sunset got really crazy to the point like people riots. were getting shot what people were getting shot at the house of blues people were getting shot at nights clubs it was getting really crazy then it became a it police state yeah it became a i mean there were huge police presence everywhere like horse cops and every yeah. lines of just lines of cops every all, weekend all, oh yeah oh yeah and that's why it's all moved down to Hollywood, and then eventually it would, it just keeps moving around. Yeah, it's trying to it's trying to show uh, it's trying to get supremacy in the in the in the city, but there's a lot of people trying to push it down. Yeah, you know what I mean. But this is if you don't like it, then go to move somewhere else. There's a whole there's a whole world a whole world get out the there. Get the fuck out of here. Let, let the let the fucking clown town here. Make it happen, you know. I love the clown. I'm the Joker. I love the clown town. <laughs> I love the clown town. Clown you know, town is fun. You know why LA is so great, and it keeps you young, it is because you're always one day away from living your dreams. You're one meeting away from meeting yeah. that person that gets your vibe. You're one audition away from yeah. getting the show that gets it all going. You know, I mean, like to see the people have blown up around me is amazing. I yeah. could not be happier. I mean, at some point there was nobody blowing up. Yes, there was. 
there was here that's why i was going back and forth so much because i really didn't see anything really moving everyone was kind of nervous and waiting to see what was going to happen they didn't know what to do it was so controlled and like comedians had kind of falling out of favor because they were so crazy <laughs> yeah they didn't want any social unrest you know there like was too much going on sam was- kennison just showing up on drugs and all that it just like yeah it, it just swung and missed and then they so they went the other way yeah and uh, up now, until about a, two a, or three years ago a beard and uh, glasses now it yeah. seems to be the the uniform of the new comedian well i've always said man in la you can't tell the industry from the comics anymore they just look a sa- the same yeah, I know. They all look like librarians that work on the weekends at a lumber yard. Yeah, they look they they look like lumberjack accountants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need receipts for your axes, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. A beaver pelt over one shoulder. It's a horrible costume. I'm not one to talk, you know, I've been scolded about my appearance, but I I don't care. And uh But it, it fits you. But it works for me and if people can embrace it or not, I, I don't really give a fuck. But when you see this kind of Russian doll, they're just different sizes with the same. And they all just, it's so interesting, dude. It's just so interesting. There's no rhyme or reason on it too, which is kind of crazy. But with the beauty of the internet, which I love, Mm. even though it becomes oversaturated, is like if you hustle, you can get a following going. If you get out of your own way, play ball with other people, be nice, you can get a following going. Yeah. It's, it is level the playing field, and it does, you know, people get to have more options as far as things that they check out and f- become fans of. And, you know, you know, big podcasts, the big reason podcasts have become so big is because, you know, a lot of guys find it really hard to get on television like yeah. they used to. I mean, we go through these weird kind of things in comedy where it's like, this is what's in now, you know? Uh, not, you know, Trends. For, it, it used to be... Uh, nerd comedy for like five years now it's female comedy yeah and that's what's really big it right now and that's what's going on television every two seconds and you know yay for them it's good for them but it's like I'll, if you don't i'll wait quietly in the darkness for the well, sun to pass who's i talking to the other day someone i was talking to we were talking about it's like yeah we'll wait we just hope that we don't get too old Oh, I think it was me and you actually on the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was you. Like we hope that we we get to see some of the fruits of our labor when when it comes back around. Yeah. that we're we're okay <laughs> with still being like, yeah. you know, in with it. I don't want people watching our YouTube videos and go, "Oh man, yeah, this guy he back in the day. Oh, he was so good. But yeah, what happened? Oh, he hung himself in a garage. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he's in he's, he's a so genius. He's a fucking genius. Too bad he couldn't get ahead of that bullet that went through his head. <laughs> It is very, it can be, this whole racket can be very apocalyptic very quickly. What I really enjoy though, and I love comics and I love young comics, is that nobody's changing the game so much that like, that I feel like I'll become obsolete. Meaning, you know, it's like sometimes in music it changes so hard yeah, with yeah, yeah, what's yeah. in. Glam rock to Nirvana, you know, and so on. Yeah. And then if you don't do what's in, you're effed. Yeah. But the lucky thing about comedy is like, as long as you can get that laugh, it almost gets like comedy gets like s- simpler and simpler as time goes on. Well, you start to learn the skills and the mechanics of it. The paradigms, like the simple paradigms. You know, it's like my wife sucks. She's driving my crazy. She's sell- spending all my money. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you learn those things. People just laugh at them. Yes. There's some uh, consistency. Very simple premises do very well. And 
you know, some, you know, I've talked to other people that there's people go around, you know, acting like they're Led Zeppelin. They're really Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they really think they're Led Zeppelin. Yeah. They think they're rock stars. You know. No. No. Read uh, the Dirt by uh, Motley Crue. Oh yeah, dude. Is there anything <laughs> better than that? It's like, oh, okay. That's how that can go. And they're all still alive, even though some of them have died on occasion. But what a fucking story. Yeah, where's the story? That's what I mean. None of these. I don't. When I see a lot of these performers, I, I have really no interest in them. Out, the worst is when you know somebody's act before they walk up on stage. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah, because it's on their sleeve. Like they, they just fit. You know, it's like it's so much of a stereotype. They just play into that stereotype, and well, they fabricated a character that they can kind of function with. That fits in that, like. Uh, Dana and I one time worked with, the, Dana was with me one week when I uh, worked with a guy who was very, super well-spoken off stage. And it played uh, up. But when he went on stage, just straight out of Compton, like just putting yo, yo, on this, yo. man, what up with these bitches, man? Yeah. And you're like, who is this guy we just saw on stage? That, that was well, the guy we saw. What's happened there is he's seen somebody either in, in conversation or on stage and uh, and is adopted something to stand behind. Well, and He's over time he realizes like there are paradigms that work, and you know white people think black people are funny. It's just it. I always say you know how hard it is to be but black and not funny. That's it's a, almost a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. I've seen two in my years of doing comedy. Unicorns. Two two black guys who could not get laughs. <laughs> It, it's unheard of, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know these guys. Like, I've seen black comics go up. There's been five black comics on the show, and their opening line is, it's time for the black portion of the show. That's Both. been the whole show. Yeah. But people still laugh at it. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Maybe it's out of guilt. You know what I have learned, though? People do appreciate when you go for it, when you, go, when you take them on a journey that has some honesty on it. And now there's got to be punchlines on it. But when you, you know, I've been telling stories yeah, when you, lately. When you've stage, got an emotional investment in what you're saying, you have to have some commitment. And, and, and it's, I say a lot of terrible things, but in the moment, I believe them. Yes. So uh, the audience sees that too. They're like, holy fuck. Wait a minute. No, we're at a comedy show. We're fine. Or, yeah. And, and they're the smart people who get it. But when but I, they appreciate when, I, when you take them on a journey of honesty. Yeah. And maybe a story isn't get the the explosion laughs that a setup punch might get but in the long run they just appreciate that the execution and the storytelling carries so much more credibility yeah, over it's, time it's craftsmanship yeah you and know, i've started crafted. to get into that it's very difficult you know when you're looking at your 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 joy your muse with a, a magnifying glass over top of it and looking for cracks like you're trying to look at a diamond for flaws it's a very lonely, fucking uh, hard process to, to really pan through your own bullshit and get the results that you want. Working on new jokes are so hard at our level because we have two things we're going up with. Like, we... I have crazy writer's block. Like, terrible. Terrible. I, have, I do, too. Uh, off and on for years. It's paralyzing. I do, too. Uh, that's why I, a big reason I got sober was because I... Was that because of the tour that we were on? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, like it's more so. about just like, I used to crank material out. I mean, yeah. you used to crank it. Yeah. 
And now I haven't cranked. Well, your head was clear before. Now, I, now it's back to that. And it's coming slowly, slowly. You, know, you look healthy. Thank you. I've also learned that not everything has to be a closer bit. Like, I used to want to do a whole set of closers. And I've learned that something can just be simple and fun and almost a throwaway. Sure, sure. And the master of that was George Carlin. If you listen to him, he'll do some very deep, deep premises yeah. followed by a fart joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll have a food for thought on a journey to something that's poo-poo pee-pee. Yeah. So you, you, it's, it, you're worth the investment. He gave you something to carry through, and then, ah, you got me, you fucking dirty old bastard. Man. It's fun. You know, I, I really try to limit myself on the amount of poop jokes that I write in yeah. acts, but they love them. They, people always try to tell me, that I, gotta, I go, I got enough shit, blood, and calm, and death I'm trying to broaden it a little while, but I, yeah, I always tend to I am paint too, man. Pain in those colors. But I like explosive. Uh, I like screaming and laughter all at the same time. I love putting on a show that people can't get from their friends at the office. Yes. I always just a want spectacle. it to be. Yeah, I, I just want it to be an event. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be an event. Everything I've ever tried to do is an event. I try to give them their money's worth. I think you were probably... Uh, um, Worked in a uh, in a three ring circus in a previous life as a, a ringleader. I just love to go big with it, you know. What um, what what's your worst? Because how many naughty shows do you have under your belt now? By the Look way, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Oh man, oh man, that's great. Yeah, and that's not. A, we have a bunch of new ones put Sam's up. Sam's got a uh, a series. Well, okay, that's not going on all the bands up there. <laughs> they made their videos. What? Hey, 98 bills, 98 got, degrees paid the bills. I, okay, I get it. I, I'm just confused. You have uh, 98 degrees records, like the gold record. She made videos for them. She's That's a, cool. She I'm sure has, they're very nice guys. I, I don't know them, but uh, but you got a whole bunch of naughty shows. What do we got? How many do we got there? Do you know off the top of your head? How many naughty shows do you think we've done? 30? But that's not even all of them, though. The posters look great, by the way. Whoever's doing the artwork. Yeah, we for we've had a couple people consistent. over the years do them, and they get better and better, and you know. So maybe about 30, 40 naughty shows. More, probably more. like fifty. So what's comparable to the first one to the most recent one? Well, the last one was at the uh, Adult Video Awards. Yes. Awards in Vegas. It was great. Was it at the same club from the year before? Yep. That was great. We did that club now three times le within a within a, a year. Perfect room. I don't know why you don't have a residency there at least once a month. You know, I don't either, and it's kind of sad. Uh, you know, but Your that show is a Vegas show. Well, You've taken all the lunatics from Hollywood and you bring them to the fucking pedestal. And the reason they like doing it because when comics think of a comedy show of going to Vegas. Yeah. Wow. This is what they. This is what they. they Holy shit! One thing I will. There's a great show in L.A. called Beecher's Madhouse, ran by there. Jeff it's Beecher's. Jeff Beecher is one of the. Whatever I am, he's right there. If not next level, he's been able to get the resources to make it happen because he's yeah. a great PR and marketing guy and, and a great entertainer. And you know, I used to do his shows back in the day, and they were fun, dude. Because not only did you have fun on stage, even though it was a hell gig. He just made it fun to be there. And what you dreamed of Vegas yeah, being. He created atmosphere. Right. Atmosphere. And so when people, as soon as they come through the door, the show's already happening. Even though there's nothing on stage, people look around and go, whoa, yeah, what the fuck is that? dancing people. That's cool. Who's that? Oh, that's so-and-so. Wow. I wonder and what then his the budget is for that show. I just wonder what it must I would be. Say, I would say about 20 grand. Unbelievable. 
And it's great. And he's earned it, dude. He's, he's a got bit midgets of- on chains, pouring booze. If you haven't checked it out, it's it was at the basement of the Roosevelt for years. No, no. Actually, it started in New York City. He blew that up. Then he came to Vegas, and he got at the at the Hard Rock right when the Mortons were kind of like getting into their groove, and it was this Who's amazing. The Mortons? the Mortons own Morton Steakhouses, oh, yeah. and they own the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, the casino. They built it up, and it, they were just great because they were kind of old school. The the Mortons ran the Hard Rock the way the mob used to run the. Vegas, yeah. and that sounds like bad, but if you really know it, they were kings of loss leaders, meaning they would bring a mega band in knowing they were going to lose 20, 30 grand on them performing there, but they knew they'd make that all up tenfold on, on the casinos, which you, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which you don't see anymore. No, because there's no investment in the, the it's, art has become so disposable that it's just like, ah, whatever. You yeah. know, people are, they're not really, no, they're not, but the corporations, I mean, when you get to a point where like, it's really sad when people say the mob ran music in Vegas better than corporations do. You know, corporations, you they don't understand the notion of a loss leader. They don't understand, like, sell somebody a taco or a beer for $2, and they'll spend $30 on the table. Yes. That doesn't, they, they're like, no, we got to sell these beers for $10. Yeah, yeah. Because we bought there, them for there's 50 no risk. Cents. They're not willing to take a risk to pay to play. Which was how it used to be. Yeah. And, you know. big risk for big stakes. Yeah, man. But it, the returns were you know legendary people just dropping people want to spend their money on gambling they don't want to spend they want to drink for free and they want to spend all their money on on the table so and they they, want, they were they really want, good at knowing that's that. why the movie the hangover was so successful because that's the vegas trip that everybody I wants think, envisions you know minus jail and stuff but like come back well hope we almost died that was awesome well i've said the vegas's big problem right now is pretty much Everything that used to make Nevada special is legal everywhere. You could do all that anywhere. Like we were just down in Pechanga by San Diego. That was one of the most gorgeous casinos I've ever been in. So if you live near Pechanga, why do you got to go to Vegas? Yeah. So Vegas should legalize everything just below heroin. Well, that's what's happened is in, in I think a lot of, especially in cities in Canada, is these had these city center with the shopping mall and the police station, fire. But then all these shopping malls opened up in the suburbs and pulled everything out of the city center. So it washed it all out, and there yep. was, it wasn't an event anymore because they could get a little bit of everything just on the outside. But there yep. was no investment. There wasn't like we're going to the weekend to just fucking blow this out. Well, you know, it's like it's why people say, you know, it's like you're told that your car and and fossil fuels are destroying the planet, yet people still keep getting bigger and bigger cars. Yeah. You know, you see these soccer moms, they have a, a two-year-old, but they got <laughs> a, a tank. fucking tank to drive yeah. that child around. hundred bucks a day in gas. Yeah. And just... Couldn't care less. Driving a fucking small home around. Yeah. It's retarded. These tiny five-foot-four women driving these double-decker limousine buses... Carting around that one kid. That's one thing I know. They, the amount of excess and waste that I see in this city is outrageous. But nobody tell nobody's gonna get nobody's gonna yeah. do anything because it's all about getting yours. Yeah. There's no community. It's very dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that's been a bit big adjustment for me is the lack of community here. Is one hundred percent. It's a it's big a, problem in in the United States. Yeah, and I think and also even the, the in the comedy community here, you know, there's just not a lot of genuine people well i would disagree with that i think that certain scenes have camaraderie such as 
you know, the alt scene, they very much like to take care of each other. The, uh, the Hispanic scene, they all work together. I think our genre, Dark and Dirty, we tend to be Boba Fett's. We tend to be lone assassins who yeah. want to walk by ourselves. Yeah. And the whole point of the Naughty Show was always to bring all those people yeah, together. Yeah, the nomads. But they never want to work together. They're lone wolves. Yeah. And that, that you makes know, sense. So they get a little piece. They don't want to. They don't realize if they take care of a bunch of people, everybody get everybody grows together. Groups rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always been the group rise. Individuals very rarely rise. Groups rise together, and. It's just, that's really There's what the a lot Naughty of nervous show is about. bitches. There's yep. a lot of nervous bitches. Kind of what if? What am I going to lose? What am I going to gain? Rather than make a commitment, investment in people. I put people in the Naughty Show hoping they that that night they perform so well they steal the, the thunder of the show. Yeah, I love that shit. Blow everybody out of the water. Steal the show. That's why I've always dreamed it. But you don't see that anywhere else. Uh, well. We're going to see it this year. We're Are you gonna... making a law? As mayor of Comedy Town, I declare everybody shall be on steel shows. I'll stop with all these Negroes hitting on these white women. Back to you. <laughs> where uh, where are you? Are you doing shows out of the uh, state at all? Or I know you pretty much you got a lot on your plate here with the radio show and doing the live stuff. Uh, I am doing March... 18th, I'm at Portland at the Funhouse Lounge doing my own night. That's and cool. then the following night, I'm in Seattle at the Highline Bar doing my own night again. And then I f go to the Hecklers right after that in Vancouver. It's uh, Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island. In Victoria. Wherever I am, I uh, shall be there. I will not be there. I'm banned from that club. For Why? What happened? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I had like a great you and show. I get banned for. I feel like the yeah. official bands. And I get like unofficial bands. I get uh, I get a lot of bullshit. It just takes one vocal person. I could have a standing ovation, and then some fucking retard that shouldn't have been there was dragged by their friends and didn't do any research. You know, I look at comedy as like at a, if you're going to a restaurant, you kind of look at the menu before you fucking order. Yeah, if I if there's 150 people in the room and I walk three, what is the issue? Yeah. Yeah. What is the issue? If the other 147 are having the best time of their life. You know, I don't know why people... I just did a show recently, and I walked into the room, and, I mean, the room is just flatlining. Just flatlining. The owner comes up to me and goes, oh, man, they're really, really, really quiet town. I'm really quiet crowd, low energy. I don't know what's wrong with them. There's people there, though. Yeah, it is pretty full. 50, 60 people? Over that, I'd okay. say like a, a hundred and something. Okay. But it's so there's a proper audience. Proper audience. Nothing's popping. Nobody's popping. The first two guys go out. And this is not an indictment on them because they were both really nice people. But this is an example of what we're dealing with. So the owner goes up before me and he goes on to introduce me and he basically shits the bed. Chastises the crowd on being low energy and not laughing at anything. He scolded them. Scolds them. And then, you know, here's another asshole. Yeah, here's next up to death. You know, here's the next one on the firing line. So I go up there and I flamethrow the room. I just get them going. Yeah. Because I've had, you know, I've had a million times where I've had to follow sure. death, destruction, and sadness. And I got to get, <laughs> you know, blood from a stone. Yeah, yeah. So I get, boom, I get them going. There's a applause breaks everywhere. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. 
I get down my set. I go into the green room. The opener runs in, goes, that's how you do it, dude. That's how you get a crowd going. That's how you do comedy. That's a real comedian. Just, you Who know, said this? Somebody, a comedian? The opener of the show. To you? To me. <laughs> right? Because, you know, the room was just death. And I yeah. just want Jesus Christ and resurrected dead people. Yeah. The owner comes in. He's like, he's like, ah, no, man. These, these people out there say, I always, I always book dirty comics. No, I don't. Once in a while, you know, chastise. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's downplaying it uh, on his end so he can feel better about how shitty he was. And it's He's just cut your grass. such an interesting It's thought. a weak move. It's a weak move. That's it, what weak people do. You know, and it's just because he such couldn't a swallow funny. it and say, "I fucking suck," and thanks for turning the night around. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's such a fucking. So they were angry. I got dirty, but people were laughing compared to clean, and just people staring at people like they're kickboxing pregnant yeah. women. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's mind numbing because you're you the. It's not helping the scene at all by limiting it. This is supposed to be a, a freedom to express yourself and. I understand they're running a business and stuff, but you got to kind of check it before you start making these calls about these dirty comedians or stuff like that. No, you know, I have people, one person crying, yelling at me, and another person asked me to get a picture and an autograph. 100%. In the same in the same moment. It's I fucking retarded. Dana, the last show I did, the Sunday, I did a show there. I got off stage. I just didn't even want to be there at that point. Yeah. I get off stage. I'm about to leave. This woman comes up to me and goes, you are much better tonight, which was my least favorite night to do. You are much better tonight. I'm like, okay, thank you. She's like, yeah, you were way better than the other show at 7 yesterday we came to. I'm like, you didn't you didn't enjoy the 7 o'clock? No, we did not enjoy that. My, my sister did not enjoy you making fun of special people. But this woman didn't enjoy her time, yet she came, came back, back to the next night. It's retarded. It's you're you can't even communicate with those people because of the nonsense that you're. And I you're, kept trying to leave. I go, thank you, ma'am. I gotta go. No, no, you were much better. You were much better tonight. It took me three minutes to get out of there from her. I just walk away. That's why I kind of put out a a, a, a thing that I do to people who don't know me because it keeps a lot of the fuckheads at bay. I'm just I, I really, and uh, yeah. You know that comedy is so interesting because. People can like genres, many genres of music. You know what I'm saying? You could you could like like rockabilly, country, metal, hip hop, you name it. Love all of it. But with comedy, you can only you can only like it's just people have a very specific thing they want. And if you don't fit into that, they get angry about it. Yeah, yeah. They have. I think people like to create a fantasy behind the performer and think that because a lot of the comics on stage and off stage they carry very different personalities oh, 100%. and people buy into the 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 fantasy of the of the performer you know it's it, it and when it at its best but i can't function like that all the time like you can't be like that and when they don't see that but you get it too because we because we love chaos and it comes out mm -hmm. in our performance you get a lot of people that want to take you and and show you how crazy they are you know what i mean and I, i'm just over it and uh yeah i'll just hide yeah, I sometimes I do high. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I always tell my feature? Get ready to sell more CDs you've ever sold in your life. Yeah. People love to be like, I'm going to buy your CD. You were the best. Oh, fuck. White women over 30 love to anoint who won the show.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like a approved parent. Yeah, you were the best. Well, thanks. Can and you then, put my name on the fridge, Grandma? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some kind of competition. Yeah, uh, when I write material, I really want this demographic. I hope I get gold with this joke. I have a horrible, uh, my demographic, 18 to 35-year-old males. I had looked at some of the, my social media has a uh, some of the settings. You can look at gender and age group. I was horrified. It's it's very much uh, for dudes what I do. Not a lot. Of, and then some like creepy bitches like it. But you, know, but you know that. Are you talking about this show right here? No, 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 no. I mean like, uh, like any of my performances on YouTube or... Um, Facebook and things like that. Yeah, man. I, you, have you seen what girls like? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Justin Bieber's doing great. Well, you know, it's like the the, the whole thing from the Motley Crue book, or was it Guns and Roses? I forget one of the that you know. Ever it was universally known that Poison was the worst band, but they had the hottest groupies. Oh yeah. Be- and Dana's gonna get pissed. Sounds like you hate women, but. Women, because for women entertainment, <laughs> do your impression of her again. Oh my God, sounds like you hate women, but for because for women, the almost the last thing is one how more time, enter- one more time. Oh my God, seems like you just hate women. Uh, the last thing almost that comes into account is how entertaining you are. Mm. It's almost like you know. Are you cute? Are you offending people? Yeah, if you're non-threatening as a performer, yeah, there's it's a lot of pussy footing around. They love they love vampires that eat and drink blood, but they hate a little edge in their comedy because he might be offended. Such an interesting. Well, thing. that's a good kind of thing of what's kind of current is remember, and it's been brought up numerous times. But uh, uh, as far as like these horror movies, werewolves and vampires, it's all lame now. Like it's lame. They took these iconic, murderous, I, demonic characters. And I just want to watch gentrified. I Frankenstein. It was like a oh, fuckable terrible. Frankenstein. It was terrible. I know. No, but it was terrible for knowing you were going to terrible. Yes, but it was it was worse than that. Like I knew it was it was fucking. I thought it was going to be like the Matrix and, and Frankenstein. But but it was so terrible. I thought it was, was going to be like uh, Underworld, where it's yeah, like okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, this yeah. movie's going to be bad, but, but it could be slick and yes, fun to watch. Yes, and Underworld was fantastic. Like that, I went in with all like girl vampire. I'm like whatever, and then I watched it. And I'm like fuck, this is really the way the cinematography. The way it was shot. Yeah, and she was cute, and 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 you buy bought into it that she yeah. could fuck some shit up. This was none. The plot was dog shit, Ugh. and it's just like the thought of making Fra- Frankenstein sexy is like this idiocracy. They might thing. as well just got like Matthew McConaughey to play. They might as well just get gay porn stars yeah. Yeah, to just yeah, fist yeah. each other in every movie because that's where we're going. And insult, that's where we're going. Insult to injury. I went to the beautiful Man's Chinese Theater and saw it there. So you got state of the art. It was IMAX 3D. Awesome. And best I, place I, in the world to see a movie oh, is Man's Chinese on uh, Hollywood there and um, Boulevard. And uh, I'm watching it, and there's about 15 other people in this gorgeous theater, sound lights, fucking IMAX 3D. And I'm like, I'm watching diarrhea just come out of the screen in my <laughs> it, face. It should not be allowed to be in that theater. Well, what kind of movies do you uh, watch? Do you um, have a favorite? I I mean I love I love anything. I love fu- the Fight Clubs, Matrix. I love like gritty stuff. I yeah. love old school movies. I feel like the 70s were like good, the bad, and the ugly. All that stuff because it was so much about script and so little of it was about special effects. Yeah, it was a manly man 
shit. You know, you know, the '70s movies. If they came out today, they'd all be indie flicks. They'd yeah. have to play theaters where it's like them and like you know, gay love stories, <laughs> which is all the Lamley stories. It's like he's got AIDS, but he didn't give up on life. <laughs> it's about him trying to find somebody to love him. You know. He's got AIDS, but he needs a soulmate or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a dating show with for guys with AIDS. Yeah, so, uh, <sighs> so yeah, man. I, that's why I like. I love anything Quentin Tarantino does. I think he's amazing. Spectacles. Uh, I just love like just take. Ri- I love risk taking. Yeah, because when it pays off, it's it's gorgeous. Oh, I like yeah. to get moved by that. I want to pay money to see somebody who does it better than I can do it. Yeah, you want to be wowed. Life is short, you know, and, and to have, be around and see performances that just kind of put yourself into check. I love being blown away. I refuse to s- support mediocrity. It was a, That's a famous Mitzi Shore quote. It's like cool. the worst thing you do out there is, is support mediocrity. Yeah. Again, I hate going back to, but the, uh, the British scene, they didn't tolerate it. You know, if you were shit or you were off point, they let you know. Even if you were doing, I've seen them heckle, I've been heckled doing well. You know what I mean? Just to see what you're made out of. Oh, you're having a good time? Well, we're going to throw some broken glass under your feet and see how you run on that. And then you get over that hurdle. And then this guy's, this guy's a fucking legend, you know? Come over here and fuck my wife, you know? It's, it's, the only time I've ever had a bad time with a heckler was I was in Australia. Do you want more coffee? No, I'm good. Uh, I was in Australia. I played this Gold Coast. One more impression of of her again. Sounds like you hate women. Oh, let me. uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not doing a show right now. I I can take a little time. Check my uh, (laughs) my thing. What the fuck? Jesus Christ! Uh, I was in the Gold Coast, and it was my first time playing in Australia. And I just did this joke. The guy driving up to me is like, "They love filthy, dude. Just get filthy on stage. Fucking filthy." I'm like, okay. And then he proceeds to tell me I like to watch like people dying on the internet. I'm like, I should have taken that as a clue. Yeah. This guy's a little off. I went up there and I started out 10 minutes in filthy. And just, it went, it no, wrong oh. hole right out the gate. Yeah. And it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't get him back. And then, then we start, I just started talking crowd and it became very quickly Australia versus America. Yeah, yeah. They can do that. They, sometimes all of a sudden you irk them. And then they just draw a line, and they're yep. like, "Then it's us against you." Yep. But you can you I've seen uh, a couple comedians find the asshole, you know, uh, out of the group. So it becomes us against them, and then you start communicating with the audience and chipping away, and then suddenly it's this guy, and then the audience goes, "You know what? He's not that fuck. He's come here to perform, and you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You get the fuck out." I told, dude, that's master shit. Yeah. Oh, why am I? You hate women. <laughs> Put a little black into that. It's been almost an hour. How long are your podcasts usually? About an hour. I think hours good. Some people like do two hours. I don't. I'm not that interesting. I don't. I. I just think it's too much. Yeah. If you if you've got already a, a, a good following out of the gate and they're really buying into you as a personality, um, you know. Then you can kind of stretch in that yeah. medium, but I'm. Uh, I feel like an hour is a perfect amount of time. Yeah, it's like almost like a comedy cl- show. Once you get around seventy minutes, people start getting 
antsy, except if it's like a headliner show where they've come yeah, to see the guy. A ninety-minute show. The guy really. The comedy really starts when the headliner gets. I mean, the sure. show starts when the headliner walks on stage. Yeah, there's a show, and then there's the the event aspect of it, the the finale of the thing. You know, Jason, I think you're so fucking funny. I just think that you just if you stay in the pocket, things will go very well for you. You know, you you have your own unique thing, and therefore, most likely. You're gonna have to f- have to make it happen for yourself. Yes, and that maybe the Tonight shows and all that stuff and a, a, a guest spot on Community isn't naturally your road, but I think your road is doing all these gigs. Somehow somebody sees you, and now you got kind of a reoccurring role on Sons of Anarchy or some shit sure. based on your look. And the point of that is like just stay in the pocket, you know. Don't start comparing what you've got going on in this town to what some other people are doing no. because they're probably pandering. Yes. And that was never never going to be your thing. You may be a gazillionaire in this, but you may not be a gazillionaire, but you will work, you will do what you want to do, and you will be happy doing it. I've seen people get it and they're fucking miserable. Yeah. They're miserable people because what they got isn't what they wanted. What they got is what... They took the first fucking exit yeah. off the road and grabbed that first gig. Next thing you know, they're hosting Blues Clues or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've drawn a, a very distinct line that you you know me as a person and as a performer. So that is, I've cut myself off from a lot of opportunities, you know. But they were all things that I didn't want to do anyway. Right. You know, stylistically and and the way I present myself is a uh, it's an acquired taste to say the least. But I've traveled and I've been in the game long enough to know when I apply it and it's and I do the work. Just it's keep magical. putting out content. Yeah, man. I'm That's what I'm it. working on right now. I got my new CD about to come out. That's I'm putting cool. together a whole CD of me murdering hecklers. I'm going to put that out very soon. Where can people find all your stuff? Because I know you have Naughty Show. Is it thenaughtyshow.com? Well, there's naughtyshow.net, there's samtriply.com, and punchdrunksports.com. Those are my three babies. Okay. And I also have a new show that I, I, I just produced. I'm not in it. It's called Comedy Rap Battles. I love brands. I love creating yeah, brands. Yeah. I think that's... Spectacles. Yeah. You're a spectacle creator. I'm all that's about all, that. <laughs> you take all the fucking outcasts, you know, the, the lepers of show business, and you coddle them and put them in a basket, and everyone gets to lick. And they have and a great... It's time. always a fun time, and uh, and thanks for being on the show. Sam. Anytime, all the time. Fantastic. Don't kiss me on the mouth. Don't ask if you're hurting me. And if you hear the safe word, stop what you're doing immediately. Do you have pantyhose? <laughs>